0: MJ, I'm just gonna let you know there is a website called mlssoccer.com.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what happens when you search for, for team names? They they bring up like 2013 and 2017 results. So then you have to go to the team's actual page and then go to news. You know,
0: this is a this is a shout out to Andrew Weeby because they actually have read like redone their website and actually is it actually functions now more, more the, the properly.
1: Search, the search function is still horseshit.
0: Yeah, don't, don't do the search function, They're, but they actually have like tabs for the shit now, so. Mm-hmm. More shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right yeah.
0: Live from the Twin Cities, we are the day if you know this is the
1: day
0: is I know You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to But we both
1: know I can't do nothing at all
0: All right so welcome back to the dave's i know podcast we have a we have a it's a very exciting week because it is season opener week gentlemen how are you guys feeling about season opener tired tired dan how are you feeling
2: it's Too early in the season to be tired mj i it's i'm good you know it's fun to be back in like mls statistics and, and looking at this league uh one of the defining features of which is it's insanely high variance and so looking through you know trying to to pick my, my Western Conference order and I, wow, <clears throat> this team could finish anywhere from third to dead last. That's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the Western Conference preview, SANS Minnesota United. We will be discussing Minnesota United tomorrow night uh, when we drop the podcast with KJ, uh, who uh, Kevin Joseph, who won the Dark Clouds auction to be on this podcast, which you can always, uh, at the end of the year, the Dark Clouds do their auction. Uh, we always put up a spot on the Days I Know podcast. Uh, I sent, I sent, and it was delivered successfully. A thing of uh, a, a, a bomber of the Heathout beer. So I think KJ will be busting that out with us on uh, uh, tomorrow night to, to discuss Minnesota United as well as away travel things like that. Um, that guy's been pretty much to almost every MLS soccer stadium. I think uh, travels a lot really good really good dude so we're going to discuss minnesota united so we're going to talk about uh western conference not minnesota united we're going to make our our picks for how the season breaks down um we're going to break it down team by team we're each going to have we each have several teams that we're going to discuss and maybe a little bit of of conversation about those teams uh and if it's warranted like so we're just doing the western conference this year last year we did a we did a four hour marathon podcasting session where we did the Eastern conference. We stopped. Then we did the Western conference. That was all pre COVID. We did it at the black heart. I remember correctly in the back room of the black heart, which I think was maybe the last time that we were all together in person. Possibly we were planning to do this one in person because um, we are most like I'm vaccinated, Dan and, Guys are semi-vaccinated, but we're going to do it in my backyard. But again, it just, you know, circumstances did not allow us to do it. So we're doing it over the Zoom again. But again, soon, I think within the next month, guys, we're going to be able to record a podcast together in person. And I'm very excited about that.
1: A note on the format. If you guys really, really like that, we're not uh, doing an Eastern conference preview please let us know on the socials. And if you really hate us for not doing an Eastern conference preview, also let us know on the socials.
0: Oh, dude, I'm dropping an Eastern conference preview of my own on the Patreon. So fuck, fuck fuck everybody else who wants to engage with us on social media. Um, I don't care about your jack, your shit. So if you want, if you want the Eastern conference preview, I will drop it in like three days on the Patreon guaranteed. You guys, if you guys want to be a part of it, let me know. Otherwise, it's just me <laughs> jerking off onto uh all the Eastern Conference teams. So um Both speaking the of Philadelphia Pat- Union. Speaking of the Patreon, uh Patreon.com slash the I know to help support the Daves that you know. We are uh, again, uh we have a, a tentative date of May 8th, which is the uh second or third match of the year, um, to do a release party for the Dave's I know beer. So if you are a Patreon member at the three dollar level, um have been for at least two months, you get this beer if you want it. You don't have to get it. It's totally up to you. If you want to if you are a Patreon member and don't drink beer and you want to donate to someone else, let us know. We can do we can do a Twitter poll or something and um you know or solicit hilarious Twitter comments and give a give away a beer. Um but this is something that is available to you if you are a uh Patreon member at the $3 a month level for at least two months prior to the beer being released. So if you are joining right now, you're not going to get it, sorry, but you will get the next one. Cause we're going to do three of these, three of these beers this year. Um, so tentatively may 8th uh, for the red card, rye ale, which sounds uh, like an amazing beer. Uh, I've seen some of the pictures. It looks fucking amazing. Um, Dan or MJ, do you guys have anything to add on the, on the beer? front of it. I know Dan, you've been you've been holding off on like you've known the the name for a long time. I have.
2: I uh I knew the name. I helped pick the cover image. Uh yeah so Christian and I have been talking about this beer quite a bit. Uh it's actually an Imperial rye. So it's going to be a little bit bigger, a little right. bit maltier than even your traditional uh red rye beer. Um I'm super excited. This is not a style that gets done a lot uh but when it's done well and Christian and the hop clods do fantastic work it's spicy it's a little bit sweet from the malt it's a really really good beer so i'm super excited to try it
0: so tentatively the plan is that we'll have uh people at the black cart um well before the game starts so if you if you are not wanting to watch the game um you can come pick up your beer buy some beer from the black cart go home watch the game at home uh if you are going to stay and watch the game you can come a little bit later um the big cat i put the big you know quotation marks uh because that is actually anna's due date so i'm not 100 sure i'm gonna be there <laughs> um, i'm hoping that i can be there i'm hoping that the maybe comes on either a couple days before or a couple days after probably a couple days before so um but anyways if you want to join uh if you join at a six dollar a month level right now we'll get you that beer so just saying that out loud um six dollars a month or or up we have a 12 a month level too uh, we actually have a 12 a month patreon subscriber david kelly who i'm going to invite on the podcast and he's just going to let us he's going to pick a topic and then we're going to spend an hour chatting with him about it so which knowing david kelly probably will be either st Pauli or some sort of political thing which is totally fine too so that's uh that's the, the patron, uh, patron.com slash the Dave's I know to help support the Dave's that, you know, anything else, uh, housekeeping before we jump into our previews guys. That's it. All right, let's do it. Uh, all right. So we're totally randomly, uh, assigned teams to player to, to, uh, players for the podcast here. Um, and, uh, we're doing it in a kind of completely random order, Let's start with Dan, Houston Dynamo. Tell us about the Houston Dynamo. Uh,
2: the Houston Dynamo were wretchedly bad last year. And uh, in a, a really impressive piece of transfer business, may have gotten worse. Uh, they were 4-9-10 and 10 last year. They finished 21 points last in the West. Uh, this season, they play the Loons sort of late-ish in the summer. So that'll be kind of a nice respite from a, a tougher streak. Uh, August 7th, August 28th, and then lastly on September 25th. Uh, biggest difference, you know, last year's team was pretty hollow at the back, but they attacked like crazy. You had Mario Minotas, you had Alberto Elise, you had Darwin Quintero, you had Christian Ramirez, you had Nico Hansen, you had Ariel Lasseter. You just had this sort of steady onslaught of guys uh, heading towards the box. So if, if the midfield passing worked, Houston could score goals and when they played Minnesota United, frequently did. Uh, They sold both Minotis and Elise. Uh, They did bring in Tim Parker to shore up that back line a little bit. I like that move for them, but they just didn't replace enough of the offensive talent they lost, nor did they add enough on the defensive side. So I think this is a team that now will be fractionally less defensively frail and notably less offensively vigorous. So I just can't see this being a good team for uh for Houston this year. I still like Tab Ramos as a coach. I still believe in the project. This is just gonna be a super long season.
0: So the uh the big joke with uh Houston specifically, I mean obviously we have Dylan Walpers um the Dylan Walpers Derby. Just anytime Minnesota Houston happy Day. birthday! Uh, but uh so Christian Ramirez has never played in Minnesota since he has left Minnesota and the fact that Houston doesn't play here until August leads me to be the, you know, far be it for me from doing some MJ and on shit, but um, that uh, Christian Ramirez will be traded uh, to another team that doesn't come back to Minnesota, probably the Eastern conference uh, at some point before August 7th. Cause the, the trade deadline I think is, or the the transfer window uh, is I think August ends August 5th. So there's a very real possibility. He plays with Houston until August 5th and then gets sent out to an Eastern conference team, not DC or Philly and, uh, never plays in, in Minnesota <laughs> as an MLS player that is, that's the MJ Anon ish, uh, tendency I have, which I'm not MJ Anon on this, but I'm just saying that's a tendency.
1: So the MJ Anon is going one step further and saying the August 5th deadline is the fifth day of August and it's the fifth year of the five year plan that Christian Ramirez hasn't played in, played in, you know, in Allianz. So it's the the fifth year of the five-year plan and it's August 5th. So we have a, a correlation there. So it's, it's the stars will align, David. That's fair. That's fair.
2: This all presupposes though, that Ramirez breaks camp with Houston. He had some cryptic tweets last night that made it sound like he may not survive the roster cut. So that could be interesting. I don't I, he'll float around MLS. I can't see him going without a team this year. Oh man, just
0: seeing him seeing him back with Minnesota would be fucking amazing. That's I'm, I've I'm like I'm like fully erect right now just even thinking about that <laughs> right now.
2: Yeah, I I can't imagine if, if all of a sudden he's available, I can't imagine Minnesota deciding, "No, we really want to keep Foster Langsdorf instead of Christian Ramirez."
0: Right. Right. Well, Roster cool. deadline day is, is Friday. So uh, all right, let's move on. Sporting Kansas city. Uh, we we're sort of jumping from the worst of the league last year to the best of the league last year uh, in terms of the Western conference. Uh, they finished 12, three and six. They uh, had 39 points. Uh, they play the loons again, weirdly late again, August 21st, September 15th and October 31st. The, the 21st and the 15th are both like midweek dates. And then October thirty first is a Saturday, and it's Halloween. Spooky. Thank you, Dan, for putting that in to the notes. Um, Kansas City, they're they're a weird one because they are traditionally, at least over the course of the last like you know um, four or five years, have been really good. Um, however, they they've been they've been. Hit and miss the last uh several years, right? They they missed the playoffs in 2019. Last year, they won the Western Conference, they were the number one seed, um, and then got beat by Minnesota in Kansas City, which is a thing that never happens, right? Like, I you know I've been to I don't know how many times I've been to Kansas City, and Minnesota never beats uh sporting Kansas City in Kansas City. The question they have is, I mean, do they have the right center backs, right? Do they have the players who can actually do the job there. Um, once they got sort of got rid of Icapara, it's been kind of a, kind of a, a shit show and a, uh, um, a carousel of, of, center backs there. Uh, Alan Polito is obviously really, really good. He did not show very well last year. Um, he showed very well at the end of 2019. So is there, is there a, a John uh, Allen Polito uh, bounce back? Um, and then, I mean, mostly John Luca, John uh, Lucia, sorry, uh, John Lucia Busio, he is so young and can he take the next step? Can he go from being a, uh, a starting 10 for Kansas city and like sort of like springboard that to something else, uh, in either Europe or, or Mexico or, or wherever, um, Sporting brought in, Gotti Kinda, who can also play the 10. And they have all I mean, they have Minnesota killer, Roger Espinoza, always. That dude is, I think that dude has been 35 years old for the last 10 years. Um, and then Remy Walter and uh Ilya Sanchez are also veteran options um for the three men in the field that Vermees likes to play. And then obviously the last thing I'll say, they have Tumalia who is um, arguably the best goalkeeper in MLS right now. So I, you know, I think, I think sporting Kansas city, they're going to do, I don't think they're going to be top of the Western conference this year, especially they have to considering they have to play other teams other than like Minnesota eight times, but uh they're definitely a Western conference title contender. So you guys have any other thoughts on, on sporting Kansas? Yeah. did not hit.
2: The one thing that caught my eye with Kansas city um, and specifically with Polito and Kinda, we saw this a lot with players like Ray Goosh, with Robin Lude, like even talented players. It just takes them almost a full season to adjust to MLS. So as good as Polito and Kinda were last year, and if I recall correctly, Polito missed a bunch of time with COVID. So presumably that won't happen again. Kinda, I think also missed time, uh, not with COVID, with a, want to say a hamstring injury, but don't hold me to that. Um, Getting them a full off season, getting them blooded in, I, I am concerned that we are going to see both of them take a big step forward this year, um, which would give Kansas City legitimately one of the best attacks in the league. The other thing that I'm sort of interested to see is Lucio really took a step forward last year as a holding midfielder. Like he played there six and was really freaking good at it. Like, yeah. interest from Juventus really good at it. So it's interesting to me that, that Vermees and Kansas City in general... Really want to push him higher up in the attack, so I, it must be a Dotson-like situation where they're seeing something in training that isn't necessarily showing up on a game day roster. So that'll be really interesting to see. But I think I think we're about to see another season of Sporting Kansas City scores goals at will and just prays that Timilia is on a heater <laughs> to save their ass at the back.
0: I think that's I think that's a fair assumption.
1: Why wouldn't you expect their center backs to say that? Oh, <laughs> right.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of uh, shitty center backs, MJ, you have Vancouver. Um, uh, tell us about how Vancouver did last year and uh, what you're expecting. And then when we we're playing them and when you expect from them,
1: Vancouver was nine, zero and 14 uh, at 27 points last year. They were zero,
0: zero draws. That's fucking amazing.
1: Also, they were ninth in the, in the West, which means not last. Uh, <laughs> which is also amazing. Uh, they play the Loons uh, very early on in a Wednesday m- day match. If you got the four day uh, ticket package, your home game against the Wednesday night home game, 8 p.m. is uh, in that package. And, and then uh, they play them again in late July and again in late October. So we thank the MLS gods. We see Vancouver three times this this season. They will again be finished near the bottom, but not at the bottom. And Coach Marco Santos has his hands full of how he's going to get results out of this squad, starting 11 or otherwise. Coach Marco Santos, not, no relation to brothers Gio and Jonathan Dos Santos, because unlike he, being born in Mexico, he was born in Montreal. They did transfer in uh, Dieber. Casado from Colombia to play left wing because they really, really like Dahomey, their right wing, also from Colombia. And so then he said, why don't we get another winger to play the other side from Colombia? They also to help, uh, they transferred out uh, my favorite Korean player in MLS, Dahomey, now that uh, Kim Tee-hee is back in Korea, uh, Hwang In-bom. Left for the Russian team, Ruben Kazan. So, to fill in at center midfield, they brought in Kaido uh, Alexandre from Botafogo in Brazil. They also uh, loaned in from Sporting in Portugal, Bruno Gaspar, at, uh, to help with the defense. Biggest losses from last year, uh, Marco Santos really likes playing a 4 4 2 which ends up being a four, two central midfielders, two wide wings and, and two, two forwards. Jordi Reyna was the other, um, striker besides Cavallini. So, and then they lose Freddie Montero to since Seattle. I don't know who's going to be that other striker next to Cavallini. They have several options, but like I said, Dos Santos has got to work, work cut out for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think this is a, a, a team in, in, uh, a project team if you will um i don't think this team gets anywhere near the playoffs so dan do you have anything else to add
1: i would call it a rebuilding year but what do you call it when they're in a rebuilding year every fucking year
0: they've been in a rebuilding in boston yeah they've been in a bit rebuilding year for five years and they have they've consistently like just changed what they're fucking rebuilding so so yeah maybe the big dig maybe uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with uh denver all denver did a big fucking their their th- their 494 694 loop they oh, spent yeah. 20 years rebuilding that and like when they got done building one section 10 years later like they were just rebuilding it. they just it was like a fucking an infinite loop of uh of rebuilding so it's, yeah oh. that's vancouver so
1: you is dead
2: I'll add two things on Vancouver. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Adrian Heath pointed out on uh, the podcast with Callan and Kendra this week that no team in the Western Conference has spent more money over the last, like, I can't remember if it was three seasons or three windows than Vancouver.
0: Oh, they spent a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like,
2: they spend an ungodly amount of money. They are the epitome of a team. Like, they are sincerely trying to get better. If you look at a team that's this futile for this long, you're like, okay, this is an owner that's clearly – totally checked out, they're they're just reaping money, that's all. That's not happening! This is a team that cares deeply, that's trying really hard to win, and they fucking don't know how to win. Uh, So that just, uh, it amuses me, but it also makes me feel, like, a little bad. Like, I'm rooting for them to be better this year than they were last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing, I'm only, I've only made it back to 2008, but I can't find another MLS team that's gone an entire season without drawing. (laughs) Like, (laughs) That's even, that's even Minnesota remarkable. United,
0: which were, were terrible and they rarely drew. They actually drew a couple matches each of their years. So, yeah.
2: Like, that's the thing is that if you have a team that is truly terrible, usually they'll play one or two games a season where they play kind of well enough to win and then they snatch a draw from the jaws of victory. Like, that's that's pretty common. So, it takes a very special team to consistently play either. Poorly enough to lose, or well enough to hold the opponent. So full full marks to Vancouver for that. If you can't be good, be interesting.
0: All right. Uh, speaking of uh, not being good but being interesting, Seattle Sounders. I, and I, I say that in, in jest because I think Seattle Sounders are going to be good in spite of that. But they are very, very interesting. Dan, tell us about the Seattle Sounders this year.
2: Yeah. So the Sounders finished in that uh, top of the table cluster on thirty nine points. But because they played an extra game, they finished in second place. Uh, they finished with a record of 11, 6, and 5. Uh, playing Minnesota United this year, obviously, uh, coming up this week on April 16th and then which, again Ju- July which, 18th.
0: Yeah. Sorry. Well, we're going to break that game down uh, in the, the regular podcast uh, on, on Monday. So,
2: sorry. Yep. So, no, no worries. So, April 16th, July 18th, and then September 11th. Uh,
0: Oh, we're, never, never forget 9-11, buddy.
2: 9-11. You'll never uh, forget that game day. Uh,
0: play Seattle Saunders.
2: Seattle's in a really interesting spot this season. I mean, they've been so consistently good for so long under Brian Schmetzer. It's really hard to look at them and say, actually, they're going to be bad. Uh, this, you know, this is a team that isn't going to put the pieces together this year. But if you sort of black box them and, and just evaluate them on their merits – instead of the rave green box and evaluate them as Seattle. This is a team that got worse and has been getting worse for the last couple seasons. They haven't had quite the the cycle of talent they maybe had previously. So Jordan Morris, obviously the biggest loss, uh, both he was going to be in Swansea for most of the season uh, and then toward the ACL. So whatever that thoughts they had about potentially getting loaded back, that's not going to happen. Uh, Raul Rui Diaz, I didn't know until I was doing the prep for this last night, uh, spent most of the offseason in Peru. Uh, there were some green card issues, so hasn't been with the team. Uh, Nico Bodiero is injured somehow. Uh, depending on who you yeah. d- depending no, on no who knows. you read, he is either out for the season, out for three to four weeks we're probably fine to play on Friday, on Saturday against Minnesota United. So, <laughs> uh, Seattle's playing that one really close to the vest, which tells me he will not be in the lineup against Minnesota and they want to sort of, um, cover that up as much as possible, but we don't even know if this is muscular or joint based or anything. So that's, that's a crapshoot. but this team doesn't super have the depth that they used to, um, it's hard to look at them and say, yep, this is a team that if Christian Roldan misses uh, six weeks with a hamstring injury, that's fine. They can really bridge that gap. They don't have that anymore. Uh, the other really big thing to know is Brian Schmetzer is perhaps uh, MLS's second biggest 4-2-3-1 devotee behind our, our lovely Adrian Smith. And that is not what they are playing this year. They are moving to a two-striker formation with Will Bruin and Raul Ruiz Diaz up top so that's going to be different. And that's where uh, Rui Diaz's absence in training camp, I think is actually somewhat meaningful because they're not just going through the traditional motions. So yeah, I, Seattle is still going to be good. There is still a ton of talent on this team, but there's definitely a halo effect. I think if we were talking about this exact same lineup, but they were wearing SE Dallas's jerseys, I think there'd be more willingness to call this for what it is, which is, a team that's a little more on the knife edge than usual.
0: Uh, I'm very excited about Gustav Svensson not being part of this team anymore because that (laughs) dude fucking murdered Minnesota United. Uh, And uh, yeah, Kelvin Leroux and and Jovan Jones also being gone. Uh, Their their acquisitions were weird because they brought in, again. you mentioned Freddie Montero, original Seattle Sounder and Kellen Rowe and... Those aren't the type of acquisitions we think of when we think of Seattle Sounders. So
2: they did shore up. They got a, a permanent transfer for uh jo Paulo, who had been on loan. So that's a good right. move, but it's not right. really an addition. It's just not a
1: loss.
0: Yeah, yeah not, not losing him. So, uh, MJ, do you have any other thoughts on Seattle?
1: No, but as someone who, Used to really, really like Seattle and their sports teams since last year and the results from MLS. I'm starting to really hate them. <laughs> I think it's entirely fair given the circumstances. Oh,
0: yeah. No. I, I,
1: I, I used to visit Seattle quite a bit due to some good friends and a girlfriend being being out there. So and you know, we, we would be at a sports bar and you know like, hey, we're watching the Mariners. So we're, oh, we're, we're watching the Sonics back when they were playing. And we're watching, you know, the Sounders. And I I really didn't have this hate for Seattle teams that a lot of Minnesotans that tend to watch NFL and I don't so they they just hate Seattle and hate all Seattle teams but yeah the last last year kind of did it for me um, now now we're kind of on the Sounders hate bad way
0: I mean yeah honestly I forever fuck Seattle um, but all right let's 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 jump to uh, Colorado uh, that's me uh, Colorado. Is a, is a, is is like, I think maybe the most interesting team in MLS this season, because, um, they are, they are a good team, but are they a good team? And do, does anybody want to play for them? Is a very real question. Uh, last year they finished, uh, eight, four and six with 28 points. Um, they did not play all their games because of COVID stuff. Uh, they finished in fifth place on points per game. They lost to Minnesota United uh, uh, in the uh, first round of the playoffs. Um, they play the Loons on May 8th, July 7th, and August 4th. May 8th is away. July 7th, I think, is here. And then August 4th is also away. But I also think it's a Wednesday. So it's really shitty because I love going to uh, uh, Rapids away matches. But when they're in the middle of the goddamn week, it's really fucking hard uh, for me. Or when it's on May eighth, when's when my wife's due to have a kid. So, um, so a little bit about Colorado, man. Uh, Robin Frazier is, I mean, he's a really good coach. They finished the last season well, uh, in spite of the, the all the COVID stuff. Uh, they have several really good young players, including some very good uh, young U.S. players. Sam Vines is probably in that mix for the left-back position uh, for the U.S. men's national team. And, you know, I don't know, and, like, you have Jonathan Lewis, who's, like, like the most amazingly awesome and then amazingly terrible person at the same time. He's just very inconsistent. Uh, Andre Shinyashiki, who probably is leading their line this year. Cole Bassett is another young player. Uh, And they brought in Michael Barrios from uh, FC Dallas. So I guess the question is, how do they put all that stuff together? Right. Um, And you also have Diego Rubio, who's like, you know, basically washed out by Jonathan Lewis and Shini Shaki. So uh, yeah, I don't know. That's it. Colorado is is one of those teams for me, Dan, to your point earlier, is that this team could be top three in the league, could also be bottom three in the league if shit doesn't go well.
2: Colorado is probably the team besides Minnesota United who is appointment viewing for me this season. Um, So young, so high variance. Uh, But you can really see the skeleton of a good team forming. There is an element, though, of, and I, this is a very unkind comparison, so I'm not saying on performance, but like a 2018 loons vibe to them, which is they have a ton of players who are at about the same level, which puts a lot of pressure on Robin Fraser to figure out on any given game what his best lineup is, because I don't think it's a it's a set it and forget it roster at all. So it'll be really interesting to see how he handles that challenge, uh, as well as how how the young players mature. Because yeah, I mean, if you see step four steps forward from Cole Bassett and Vines and Shin Shiki, hell, that's your spine right there.
0: <laughs> like yeah, man, it, it could be it, they could be really fucking good. And that's that's the thing I, I worry about with Colorado. Um, however, their owner could give two shits about this fucking franchise, uh, which is like just leads me to believe that they're not going to do to rise up to the um levels that they could, right? I think I think most expectations for Colorado are like uh fifth or sixth, maybe fourth, if maybe host a playoff game. But they could be a much, much better team if they had actually any proper investment from uh from uh that douchebag who owns your team, Dan.
2: Yes, yeah. the The Kronke family cares even less about the Rapids than they do about Arsenal, and they superbly do not care about Arsenal.
1: Good point. The question about the MLS city from Denver, the MLS team from Denver, is which is going to be higher: the the mountains uh, peaks due to the snowfall remaining and you know impeded by global warming or the citizens that can smoke pot in denver or the the table spot of the colorado rapids and i think the colorado rapids table spot is the lowest or the least high of, of the three i agree
2: with that i think that's yeah. a, i think it's a very reasonable projection yeah.
0: probably uh mj tell us about portland timbers speaking of high no <laughs> Portland That's
1: fair. That's fair. <laughs> finished, finished 11, six and six, uh, last year, 39 points. And in third place, they played the means in middle of the season, only a month apart, uh, late June, late July, less than a month apart. In fact, where do they finish this year? It's a huge question mark because when I look at the Western conference standing projections and the odds and all these preseason predictions, you know how when you're drafting for any sort of fantasy league you see these like pre-draft sheets where you have these talent breaks you have lafc and seattle founders and then there's kind of this talent break between like third and seventh or third and ninth and so portland probably finished third or fourth but they also could finish eighth or ninth and and it just they they didn't bring in a lot of new talent because we know who the people that can boss the field are on that team already right it's the chara brothers it's diego valeri um jeremy et cetera, etc etc so geo sub is a great coach he'll figure out what to do um they did transfer in a new left fullback named Claudio bravo from argentina uh um, he plays for he played for a club in the Premier Division called Banfield, and if that sounds very British, it's because it's from a very British immigrant suburb of Buenos Aires. Pet food. Sure. I... Yeah. So. No. Banfield pet food. There Sorry. You go. Yeah. Uh, Claudio Sorry, Bravo. CRMJ. That name sounds familiar. He is no relation to the Chilean and former Barcelona, former Man City goalkeeper Claudio Bravo. Um, so. But yeah, they bring in Claudia uh, Bravo. Uh, the real interesting thing from for Portland for me is what formation are they playing and which strikers are they playing. They like to play a 4 2 3 1. Um, Ibobasi filled that striker role largely because their Polish, I think, Tam level styling, uh, Niezgoda, was injured for most of last year. Who gets the start there? Um, they also have uh Felipe More Mora that they loaned in from cheap uh Pumas last year and they signed him to a full contract. So how many starts does Felipe Mora get? Uh does he Nie- where does Nias go to fit? And uh will see feature more in the attacking midfield or more up at that striker rule? Um
0: according to uh MOSoccer.com uh Ebob is not starting for uh Portland and in, in they're in their their preview, the preview slash proj- projections projections for no okay. in the preview slash projections uh that it's 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 it is Mora who is the starter okay. for for Portland and you know this is a this is a really good team I'm not gonna lie man like I think it's Portland and it's LAFC are the two teams I'm worried about most with for Minnesota United so um, yeah Dan
2: yeah I I tend to agree with that I think this is a team that got its core right really early um, they they have had the same star players for the last couple of seasons and I don't think that's because they haven't wanted to bring in other players they just haven't needed to uh, Felipe Mora I like as a signing I like shoring up the defense a little bit um, with Claudio Bravo yeah, this team scares me. The Probably their biggest weakness um, beyond health, which has been an issue, is yeah, that, that core is starting to age a little bit, but uh, the other thing that I think uh, really stands out about this team is, you know, we are, we are in game week one, everybody on the table, no wins, no draws, no losses, except Portland, because Gio Savarese shaved his beard and that is the biggest L you can take before the season even starts cuz that was a fucking majestic beard.
0: Yeah, that is, that's is 100% fair. Um that big big L for Parland for for that. oh, and
2: 1 before the season
0: I, even starts. I fucking love Gio Savarici and I especially love that beard, so um anyways. All right, uh speaking of not having beards, uh Real Salt Lake Mormons <laughs>
2: The, the, yeah. team that, the notably banned beards. No, that's the New York Yankees. <laughs> Dan,
0: uh, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about what Real Saw Lake.
2: Yeah. Last year was a weird year for RSL, and I think it shows in, in how they're approaching this year. Uh, but they finished the season 5, 7, and 10 uh, on 22 points. They finished second to last with only Houston below them. Uh, they played Minnesota early in the season, so April 24th and then May 29th. Uh, yeah, weird, weird year. So they um, they let Corey Baird go. Uh, specifically, they traded him to LAFC, and he had really been a keystone for them for the last sort of two seasons. A little bit off the boil last year, but so was the rest of their team. Um, I watched a weird number of RSL games last season, I think just because, like, timing. Like, they, they happened to be starting when my night sort of started to end. So... And no team in MLS – I'll put my foot down on this – no team in MLS was more inconsistent than they were last year. Uh, They had games against LAFC, who, granted, weren't at the height of their powers, but they bossed them up and down the pitch, just beat the tar out of them. Uh, They also had games where they looked like they were about a U9 squad. Uh, And I think that heavily played into what they did this offseason, which is very little. They let Baird go – Bobby Wood is coming in, but he's not coming in until July 1st. So it's it's largely the same squad as last year. They're just sort of counting on younger players. Uh, Albert Rusnak, who's only 24. I would have pegged him a little older. David Ochoa, who absent one mistake for the U23s, looked fantastic, to really start to carry this team. Um, I don't think they're there yet. I don't think the, the talent is there yet. Um, the other big thing that's going on with this club is the Paul over them cast by noted asshole Delway Hansen, who is in the process of selling the club. So at some point they will have a new ownership. Uh, they will have a new direction. They will have probably an influx of cash in a likelihood, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how that affects them. But right now, RSL had the type of off season that I think you could reasonably expect a team that finished yeah, somewhere between third and fifth to have. Like, yep, we're happy with what we we have. We have good young players. We're going to let this ride. You can't really do that when you finish 11th. Um, so I suspect it'll be another very long season for RSL.
0: Good news for Minnesota United. Uh, MJ, anything else to add on RSL?
1: No, actually.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Colorado, All right. The, the Rapids fans hate them. Yeah, whatever
0: they do for apparently good reasons um all right so we're gonna we're gonna take a, a hot break on that and then we'll come back uh with uh the rest of your western conference preview guys so uh just hold on you want me to be that type of dude and i want to be who you like me to but we All right, and we're back with the second half of the MLS Western Conference preview from the days I know. Um, these are, of course, one hundred percent true opinions, and and definitely things are going to happen. Uh, I have FC Dallas. I'm I'm just I'm not going to lie. Um, this is a weird team for me. They finished nine seven and six last year, thirty four points in sixth place. They played the Loons early, May fifteenth. Uh, June 19th. And then again, at the very end of the season or near the end of the season on October 2nd FC Dallas for me, it's one of those teams. that I just don't a hundred percent know like what they are. Their Academy is obviously still strong. Um, they have a very much of a, a daddy kind of coach that I, I love uh, uh, with Lucho. They traded away Michael Berrios, uh, who, you know, of course, or his uh, FC Dallas seasons, made like over 200 appearances, scored a lot of goals, 37 goals, had 40 assists uh, over six years. Um, however, they have a lot of talent coming up. They also have talent that's hurt. Paxton Pomichol being like the biggest one who is out until at least midsummer uh Tanner Testman could who brought got brought into the uh U23 uh Olympic qualifying tournament FC Dallas to me is it's it's a really weird team I I can see them finishing like fourth or fifth I can see also see them finishing eighth or ninth um I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts on FC Dallas?
2: I feel like we didn't learn a ton about Dallas last year because so much of that team was predicated on Paxton Pomical being sort of the talisman midfielder. They didn't have him all season. They missed the entirety of MLS's back with COVID issues. They then had COVID issues later in the season as well. Uh, Renato Ziegler, who led their line, uh, is no longer with the club. Uh, went back to to Europe. I can't remember exactly where he ended up. Uh, I mean,
0: it's a team. It's, it's a weird team. It's right? a weird team. They had
2: Reggie Cannon and then sold him, which was probably the plan, but was also hastened by a bad racist incident yeah, from the Dallas by, fans. By the,
0: by the fact that their fans are fucking racist as shit. And it, I'm saying it, Dave's I know are saying Dallas fans are racist as shit. Not all Dallas fans, but a lot of you are fucking racist as shit. So <laughs>
2: Uh, and then you had so you know hey we're losing reggie cannon who's great and a great young talent and then they bring in brian reynolds who's maybe even better
0: and then they sell brian
2: reynolds (laughs) like it's this team is so strange um i think the big thing here is that they did something this offseason that i wish more teams would do which is they sold a bunch of really good players and they didn't try to patch those holes Dallas isn't going to try to be the same team they were last year, even though they were fairly successful. Um, bringing in uh, Yadair, uh, sorry, Yadair um is a great move out on the right wing. I think it's going to make them really uh, aggressive in attack. Uh, you have younger players like Andres McCuarte, You have Ricardo Pepe, who's young and super talented. So they're going to do really good things, but they're not going to try to do them the same way that they did last year. So I think that's a credit to Luchy Gonzalez, but David, it feeds exactly into what you were saying. This team, much like Colorado, super high variance.
0: Yeah. They, they, they they literally, um, uh, maybe a couple hours before we record this podcast, uh, brought in, uh, Shabash from MTK Budapest, um, who is a 20 year old, former Hungarian youth national team player, uh, he's scored 14 goals and uh, has 10 assists for M- MTK Budapest in 55 appearances across all of the competitions. So it, it is weird because FC Dallas is, is known for just their bringing in their young players, bringing them up, playing them for a little bit, and then selling them off. Um, they they – you can – that is a sustainable model if you are willing to invest in your senior team, which FC Dallas has not – seemed like they wanted to do in the last several years, a move like this kind of seems like it might be, they might be moving in that direction. So um I don't think FC Dallas is probably going to make the playoffs, but I, I think definitely think they are, uh they're going to be on the, on the edge uh, this year. So um all right, MJ tell us a little bit about San Jose other than they have the uh, large, like world's largest outdoor uh, bar.
1: And they're partnering with PayPal to name their park.
0: Oh, cool. Even so better.
1: It's going to be PayPal Park. Super and,
0: awesome.
1: And and they, they tried to double a headline that would hopefully overshadow this by naming a street around the stadium after Chris Wondolowski. Um, and, you know, maybe that PR works. You know, more people are going to be retweeting and excited about a street being named after Chris Wondolowski than naming your – park after paypal but hey money right money's good they get <laughs> paypal money i how... love getting money on paypal because that means broomballers are paying for tournaments that is debt that i've incurred for paying it for a tournament so you know great yeah. uh how, how, did they, Earth...
0: how did they do last year and, and when are we playing them
1: they were eight six and nine last year uh 30 points eighth place just above Vancouver and uh they play the loons uh in July third over the July fourth week and August 17th. And they finish maybe not dead last in the West, but very, very close. Um all rumors that I've heard both on the MG and on Slack and otherwise, say that Matias uh Almeido is back at head coaching this year uh he employs that crazy man marking system that we love to at least see the loons play against we love that uh it's very chaotic there's people running all over the pitch there's not a lot of structure they lose some big pieces uh namely uh danny holson and nick lima on both the front and back end to austin fc and uh former designated player from georgia um no not atlanta no the country georgia midfielder vako uh kazaisvili is now playing in korea for usan hyundai so those are big losses the biggest guy they brought in is uh javier chopis lopez from chivas guadalajara um he's a winger he will definitely help their attack but Will he help their man marking system? I don't think so. On a, on a really deep dive for San Jose, what I'm really excited is their homegrown uh, young goalkeepers. Uh, they have a Emmanuel Ochoa at 15 years old that to my knowledge is uh, no relation to any of the other goalkeeper Ochoas out there. Um, and he is not, so he's played for both the uh, youth Mexico team and a youth US team. And uh JT uh, Marcinkowski, who's uh U23 for the US on the young goalkeeping thing that that's exciting, but they're not gonna see a lot of time because they have a Argentinian that's gonna take most of the start.
0: Honestly, I think if this team just got younger, it would be really fucking amazing because they can like what um but T.S. Almeida wants to run. It's just, just, they want to fucking run. So it would be great if they just got a little bit younger. There are a lot of kids 20,
1: run. 20 to 25 year olds on this team, but they could probably use more.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm mean, interested to see what he does with Jackson Ewell, obviously, yeah. as a uh, potential number six for uh, the U.S. men's national team. Um, So that's interesting. Dan, do
1: you Jackson anything? And, and defender. Tanner uh, Tommy Thompson, both have uh, Minnesota connections. So um, yeah. shout out to those guys, <laughs> but yeah, they they aren't going to do well I, it is it's exciting. And as fun as this team is to watch for mostly entertainment, not necessarily quality soccer reasons. They're, they're going to don't be betting a lot of money on, on San Jose. In fact, you probably want to bet a lot of money on whoever their opponents are like yeah, So, So
0: yeah. M- MJ, my question to you then. And and I'll Dan I'll MJ first Dan you second. Um, does Matias Almeida last the year? He's had two and a half years of running this thing out in San Jose, which which fucks up a lot of teams. Not every team. Minnesota United being the, the one of the prime examples. Um, does he last the year? MJ, we'll start with you, and then Dan, I'll I'll throw it over to you after that. Being
1: very serious about this, yes, I think he lasts the year. I don't know if he lasts to 2022, but he, he lasts through this season.
2: Yeah, I think he does get this entire season uh, partially because I think there's enough demand for him, and that came out fairly early this offseason that there were a number of teams uh, across predominantly southern South America uh, rather than within MLS, but they were all sort of interested in his services, So I think what San Jose will probably do is let him continue, give him this entire season and then try to negotiate an exit so that they're not paying his buyout and maybe even getting some type of return from whatever team he goes to coach. Um, Really, really interesting interview with him. Uh, I want to say the athletic did it early this off season when he was very frank about um, His mental health as a player and what it means to be a coach. And it was very interesting. It's worth looking up. Uh, yeah, I think the crazy thing with this team is they are never their their record. Their record never seems to represent how they're going to play for any given game. Because they'll look terrible. They'll lose four straight and then get a heater and win six straight. They're one of the streakier teams. And we saw it at the end of last season when they went from a joke of a terrible year to making the playoffs and damn near taking out Kansas city uh, until Tim Melia went crazy. So San Jose. Yeah. I, MJ, you're hundred percent right. Don't bet on San Jose because you never know if you're going to get the good one or the bad one and the good one can't lose and the bad one can't win. All
0: right. I, I, I'm going to take the hard under on that. I think, I think he gets fired. Um, or he takes another job uh mid season and just leaves. This. He's he's had three years to to do his project year, and he either um hasn't got the buy in from the owners of the franchise, or he just he's buying bad players. I I tend to think it's it's the former, not the latter. I think he has the buy in and. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's. Matisse Almeida coming to MLS was like one of the weirdest things that I I had ever seen. And I I was very excited about it. I'm still very excited about it. I think if he came to, I mean, a, a team like Minnesota United, where he actually had the resources to do the things he wants to do, it would make a lot of sense. San Jose seemed like a really weird fit, but apparently. They gave him a shit ton of money. So, all right. uh, Speaking of a shit ton of money, this is how you do transitions, boys. Uh, Austin (laughs) FC, uh, they did not play last year. They are a new franchise in MLS. uh, So they have no record. They play the Loons on May 1st, June 23rd, and October 16th. Uh, what, What do you want to say about Austin FC? Other than, I mean, they are a team that is owned by Anthony Precourt.
1: former owner of Columbus Crew.
0: I was just MJ, I was just kind of leaving it out there as a as a fuck you to everybody else. But thank you. Yes.
1: Why fuck everybody else? Fuck Anthony Precourt.
0: Yeah. Uh so they have Josh Wolf is their uh uh manager who's a, you know, U S international player, young coach that a lot of people are hoping can do well. They have, I I guess the big question with these guys is whether they are FC Cincinnati bad or Atlanta bad. Right. So it's like, it's, are they a terrible team that doesn't actually get that shit done or are they like Atlanta? Like they, they make the playoffs because they can they're decent enough and they sneak in in a non um, exaggerated playoff format, which would have precluded precluded uh FC, FC or sorry Nashville sc and then inter Miami last year. So I think this is an interesting team. They have a a, a lot of decent players who, could you know do well they, they've they obviously played well with in mls uh danny who's we talked from uh san jose earthquakes is you know the striker for this team the question is can you know can he get uh service and for most expansion teams our big question and it should always be the question is like do you have a can you can you like Prevent goals because that is the biggest way to get points because you can always like steal a goal or two at the end. Um, if you can make sure you can prevent goals. So um Danny Hoosan could easily be a uh you know comeback player of the year going to uh Austin FC. Matt Beesler joins the team from sporting Kansas City. I mean, I think Danny, I think Matt Beesler is washed, but who the fuck knows? It's (laughs) It's uh, a <laughs> interesting Ben question. Sweat on the,
1: at left back. He's not getting any younger. Yeah,
0: the, I mean, are these guys washed? Juffler, Ler- the Um, I don't know, man. Like this team looks on paper. Alex Ring uh, from NYCFC coming in. This team looks on paper like a team that should theoretically compete for a playoff spot. And I'm, I'm talking about like the the sixth or seventh playoff spot, but probably ends up being near the bottom. I don't think this is the worst team in the, in the league, by the way, FYI. Um, but I think this team, you know, where they end up competing is, is that last playoff spot.
2: That feels about right to me. Uh well, right just retired by the way. So he will not. Uh, oh, he will he, not, okay.
0: Good. He will good. not influence this team. Uh, good. Cause <laughs> I, I do could not contribute at all. <laughs>
2: Uh, there's a, there's an inter Miami flavor about this team. Um, yes. they brought in a lot of good young players who should contribute. They, they paid their dues to sort of MLS veterans to, to bring those pieces in. And it's really a question of whether the players produce the way that it seems like they kind of should. I don't think there's a, a chance for Austin to be a really good team this year, but I don't think they should be terribly bad. And if they can get, you know, a, a resurgent season out of Hoosin, if they can get the kind of production from Tomas Pascino that he was showing, I think they can surprise a few teams. Um, I don't quite have them in the playoffs, but I suspect they will they will notch at least a few wins, an LAFC, um, Seattle or Portland that really do make people turn heads. I don't think there's any chance that they're gonna be FC Cincinnati bad, but I see this team being built for a uh, and I know this phrase will give us all uh, all the night terrors a three year plan, much more than hey, we need to be
1: really good. Our, our first season, I really like Diego Fagundas at left wing, uh, Rodney uh, Redes at, at right wing, not bad. The if Danny Hoosen isn't healthy, I believe the next on the depth chart right now at striker is Aaron Schoenfeld. So,
0: oh, good, very good.
1: Uh, just pointing that out uh like Dan said, lots of young talent the the young talent that I really like is Nick Lima at that at that right back position um but one Nick Lima cannot solve all your defensive issues on a new expansion side so yeah they're not they're not going to be FC Cincinnati bottom of the table bad, but then my question is how much better than that will they be?
0: Uh good question. Uh speaking of good questions, uh LAFC which did not well, they were kind of shit last year uh also did not have their best player. Um they're next up on our list, the second to last team on the list. Uh Dan, tell us about LAFC last year.
2: Yeah, uh David you hit on on the story of their season. So they finished 9-5 and 8 on 30 points in 7th place. Uh, Carlos Vela missed a ton of time for this season, or for this team last season. Uh, and yet come to the end of the year, they're still a tough out in the playoffs. They go all the way to the CCL final and give grace a really good game. Uh, that was a phenomenal game if you stopped watching CONCACAF soccer in like November instead of sticking through it in the harsh winter. Uh, Biggest loss for this team is Brian Rodriguez. They haven't really replaced him. They did bring in Corey Bear to move I, I talked about earlier, so I won't believe here. I like that move. I think he makes them better. It's hard for me to look at this team, though, and say, yes, they got a lot better. But I last year just feels like an aberration. This, to me, is still the best team in the West. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys have them as, as your number one?
0: Uh, yes, 100%. Um, they so they play the loons uh, July twenty eighth and October twenty third. Um, just FYI, oh, if you are if you are planning, uh, I think October twenty third. wait, I think the oh I think the July twenty eighth one is the away game. So FYI, if you if you want to fly to LA, yeah, no, it uh, is because October twenty third they play here because the last game of the season they play the LA Galaxy in LA, and I'm I'm going to that fucking game guaranteed um anyways no man i mean lafc is a really good fucking team and they it, weird circumstances weird scheduling and carlos vella you know Villa being out for as much as he was 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 a detriment which i mean i guess maybe you know says a lot about about Vela and, and what the team can do but I, you know other than the Columbus crew, I think the only team that got really significantly better in the off season was LAFC,
2: which, uh, so I also missed time last year, which was hugely right. detrimental. Right. right. He'll okay. be, he'll be healthy this year. Which of their
1: additions do you like? No, but that's cause I haven't read any reports on LAFC and they added. <laughs> so I, what I gather from what you both have said is the, the best team in the West got better. And, I do read it last year with an aberration and a fluke. Bob Bradley knows how to coach. Uh, He's a very good tactician. I I also think they stay healthy. They're, they're super scary.
0: Yeah. I also think they're going to get better because they are a team. So I'm trying to try to figure out the way, best way to like describe this is that if you are a player um say you're Kunigoro and you are a player who's like, "Oh, I would like to maybe go to MLS, play for like two more years, just like like do some American shit and uh finish my career, make a shit ton of money, also maybe like do some broadcasting deals and do some other stuff. Um are you going to LAFC? or are you going to LA Galaxy at this point? Uh I think I would go to LA Gal- LAFC. I would not go to LA Galaxy. So, I think they have that allure as well. Now, I don't think uh Sergio Aguero is going to um LAFC this year. But if I was, you know, if I was uh Leo Messi or I mean Ronaldo also Cristiano Ronaldo is not coming to uh America because of, you know, uh all of his rapey shit. So um but uh if I was a team that was looking, if I was a per- a person looking to finish my career and do a couple like two years or so or something, I would I would definitely look at LAFC first before I would look at LA Galaxy. Is that I mean, is that wrong? Is that a bad thing? Um LA Galaxy is like the team that everybody knows around the world from MLS. What are you guys' thoughts?
1: Based on recent trajectories of how the two teams have done, I would agree with you. Dan?
2: Yeah, I think LA Galaxy still have the reputational advantage. Um, not so much even from the Beckham days, honestly, but from uh, Zlatan. But I think Carlos Vela and particularly Diego Rossi uh, have. Raised the profile of LAFC pretty damn rapidly. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Brian Rodriguez ends up staying in Spain or if he gets uh, loaned back. Uh, and then Atuesta is is a, a well known talent in Mexico and Central America. So it, I think it depends a little bit exactly which talent pool you're talking about, like as to which lure is stronger. But uh, I certainly wouldn't say it's LA Galaxy with a bullet anymore the way it was. Uh, perhaps a few years ago.
0: All right, all right. Well, speaking of LA Galaxy, uh, we're going to finish up our Western Conference Preview podcast with the LA Galaxy. We have a couple of questions, and then we're going to actually give you our uh, predictions for the final standings. Um, I took over LA Galaxy because you know I'm a gun for punishment. They finished last year six four and twelve with twenty two points in tenth place, missing the playoffs again because you know that is what they do now um they play Minnesota United on August 14th uh September 8th and November 7th which is what that, that's the game I'm trying to convince my wife to go to like me and her just fly to LA we have her sister lives out in LA um so I'm trying to go out and just watch that game in in LA hopefully with uh, other fans, so, so the Galaxy, oh man, they're as always. The LA Galaxy is, is just weird, right? They they are significantly better than what they should be. Um, they have uh, Chicharito, Sebastian Legette. They just signed Kevin Cabral um, to a five year TP contract. Efren Alvarez, their attack is great. Their midfield is also decent with Vilfana, Jonathan DeSantos, question and Rahu, who is you know potentially a uh uh US men's national team player. But again, like their their back line again with Vilfana, Rahu and um Harrison Williams is also suspect so can this team score the goals that they need to score they brought in Jonathan Bond um I'm calling I'm calling him Johnny Bond uh to vie for the starting goalkeeper position with Jonathan Quinsman the, the other uh so yeah we may have more of a Quinsman in our lives gentlemen so and I guess the last bit about uh, the galaxy. That I'll say is that they they parted ways with Christian Pavan, who was dealing with rape allegation stuff, which was really good. I'm glad they just they didn't try to fight that and they just said, "Fuck you, go away." So yeah, I don't know. Is there anything LA Galaxy related that I missed? I mean, other than I mean, oh, uh, I missed. I, sorry, I missed about uh, Sebastian Legette, Um uh, just like two days ago, uh, did a homophobic slur uh, on a social media stuff thing. So, um yeah, I mean, just, hey, if you are a young soccer fan listening to this podcast, I don't know why you are. Please stop listening to this podcast. But before you stop listening to this podcast, just don't use homophobic slurs, period. But definitely on your social media period but again just don't do them like just be a better person be a person who uh doesn't use that kind of shit so sorry sorry guys uh i had to hijack it for that one uh anything else on la galaxy the the last team we're talking about in our western conference preview
2: I think the the other thing that needs to be said about them is uh, having parted ways with uh, Gelato, um finally probably letting him on too long. They brought in Greg Vanny, who built Toronto uh,
0: into right. the powerhouse. Right, Greg Vanny, goddammit, it, the, the who played for LA Galaxy in 1996 when the season when MLS started. So that guy has a lot of cred with uh, MLS and with LA Galaxy. So yeah, he does, thank you, Dan.
2: and. It isn't just that they have a new coach, but Vanny had to deal with uh, a really top-heavy Toronto roster, Always, almost always having the three DP slots full, uh, trying to balance you know needs and media availability and all that kind of stuff. So I think he has actually done the kind of prep work to make him successful with the LA Galaxy. Will he do it in the first year? I don't think so. Um, one of the things that came to light uh, beginning of this sort of preseason – is just how bad last season was off the pitch for Chicharito. Uh, His wife and family were not in L.A. with him. That's always tough. Uh, And either his grandfather or his wife's grandfather passed away. So just a really, really tough year for him personally. So I, I don't know that he'll bounce back, but those are the kind of things that don't show up in a stat sheet that you can't reason your way into saying, oh, yeah, he'll definitely be better this year. But not having to deal with those issues, I think we may see at least whatever version of Chicharito is left, not the version that is left and also has a bunch of off-field shit going on.
0: All right. um, Let's jump into some questions, and then we'll uh, we'll reveal our uh, totally... 100% 100% correct uh, predictions for the season. Uh, our our good friend, uh, Andy Schutz asks, whose team or player going to give the Loons the most trouble this year? MJ, I think you have a, a very definitive response here.
1: I'm going to say Busio for Sporting Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, I would say someone like Jordan Morris, but it's not going to be Jordan Morris this year.
0: Yeah. Dan?
2: Uh, even though the loons only play Portland twice, I think those are going to be critical games for playoff seeding. So I am going to say that Diego Valeri gives the loons an absolutely torrid time this year. And I will go on, on a limb and predict that Andy Polo scores an absolute stunner in one of those games.
0: Uh, Danny, who's likes scoring against the loons. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with him. Real quick. so, um, What squad is already... This is also from Schletts. Uh, 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 what squad is already scared of, to face the Loons?
1: I'll go out on a limb here and say Austin. And you could say that they're an expansion squad and they're scared to face everybody, but I don't think a team that's just being built this season from other parts of MLS is a good matchup for... The way Adrian Hughes wants to play this, I am, I'm I'm going to go way out on a limb here. This is a true hot take.
2: Uh, I think the uh, the veil has dropped, the the paint has worn off, and Kansas City wants no part of the loons anymore. Oh,
1: I think wow. they
2: look. I think they look at an at having an older center back pairing. Uh, I think they look at having a defense that doesn't move laterally as quickly as it should. I think they look at Emmanuel Reynoso, and I think they shit themselves.
0: That's that's aggressive. I like that. I fucking love it, man. Be be bold on the on the podcast. Uh, and then uh, Andy Schultz's uh, last question is: What dark horse team would you put a thousand dollars on to win the Shield? Um, so you're gonna drive down to Iowa to do some uh, uh, sports booking. Um, I'm I'm just gonna say this: not a Western Conference team. Andy, please don't put your money on. Minnesota United or any other team in the Western Conference, I think it's definitely got to be an Eastern Conference team. But I'll leave it to you guys. Dan, what do you got?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the Shield goes to Columbus this year. So, But they're not a dark horse. So honestly, if I, if I was looking for a team that could legitimately really outperform its uh, preseason odds, I think the answer actually is Minnesota United. I think there isn't enough hype around this team, and I think if Reynoso,
0: some a bit, some a bitch.
2: If Reynoso does it for a full season, they have a legit MVP candidate. Yeah, everything has to go right. Don't get me wrong, but this is a team that theoretically could do it, and that's the way that you turn a thousand dollars into what is it like? They're plus thirty eight hundred or something like that. So
1: it's not an what? inconsequential <laughs> amount of money.
0: <laughs> a lot of money, MJ.
1: Schletts if you want to put a thousand dollars on a team this this wasn't you know out hits their coverage on or sorry this isn't this was not about outperforming your preseason predictions but to win the shield um I really like New York City uh at eight plus 800 Philadelphia Union at plus 700 uh those aren't super dark horses but they're also not LAFC and
0: Columbus crew at 375 and 450. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, all right. Final question from uh, Mark Slider, Markness visible on Twitter at Mark. visible on Twitter. Um, who are the best managers in the Western Conference? Why and what sets them apart? So what's we'll take this one at a time. Um, who is the best manager in the Western conference and what sets them apart. Um, Who wants to start? Dan, I think you might, you might want to start.
1: Yeah, I'll start
2: on this. Uh, I'm going to go Brian Schmetzer. I think he's proven time and again that he is a phenomenal coach, Um, but there's a
1: lot of good options. I'm going to go against uh, someone that I would like to say, and I'll let David take that person. And I will say Bob Bradley. And you could say it's easy with all the talent that LAFC has, but I've seen Bob Bradley coach teams with much fewer talent and still do well. So, um, you know, from a, from a tactic standpoint, that's what I'm picking.
0: Um, MJ, I'm very curious. Who did you think I would select?
1: I thought you'd go with Gio.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, of course. I
1: thought you'd go with Severese and I, I, I would have, but, but I'm gonna give I'm
0: gonna throw with Gio to you because I you know I so I, so bad. yeah Gio Savrizi is is the person that should have been running Minnesota United's front office for you know the entirety of the last five years. Um, however, <laughs> I, however, I, I will I will throw a bone out for Robin Frazier because I think what Robin Frazier has done with Colorado is kind of. Bonkers and kind of amazing, and so, um, yeah, I, I you know, Geo or Robin, whatever.
1: If you're taking Robin over over Geo, you're smoking too much Rocky Mountain High.
0: <laughs> All right, and then the last question from uh, from our, our friend uh, Markness Visible is: Loons seem to have fairly good depth, especially if Rubid Winger is added which teams in uh, the Western conference have the quality of depth to successfully navigate a condensed season who do not. I I think we probably maybe kind of addressed this, but like, are there any particular teams that are are like they have depth that we have or are there teams that like we're worried about with depth?
2: I think Colorado has the depth. The question is whether they have the same top end talent. Um, I think the other thing they've got going for them is they don't have a ton of players who are likely to be internationals. Um, so Sam Vines might, but Bassett's probably still too young. Shinishiki's not getting called in. Abubakar's not getting called in. Um, so they're probably equivalent on depth, but not quite as high at the, at the peak. And I think Seattle could legitimately struggle this year if, if. They have international call-ups, or sorry, with international call-ups, or if they have injury issues, I don't think they have the depth that they've had previously.
1: I'm going with Sporting Kansas City as having depth at every place except maybe the back line, and you could make the same case for the Portland Timbers having depth that they're you know attacking two thirds of, of their their roster. All right, and for the team that doesn't have depth, I would say. Uh, a team like, I don't know, Vancouver, you know, they're struggling to put in a starting 11. And after that starting 11, they're, they're still struggling.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, that brings us to the point where we are, we're going to predict the standings. Um, Gentlemen, let's, uh, let's go from the bottom to the top. Uh, uh, we'll, We'll do Dan, MJ, me. Um, Dan 13th place, Houston, MJ, Houston, RS RSL 12th place,
1: Vancouver, San Jose,
0: Houston, 11th place.
2: Uh, that's I've got RSL, Vancouver.
0: Van, I also have Vancouver there, uh, 10th place.
1: Uh, That's where I have Austin. I have uh, Real Salt
0: Lake. I also have Austin in tenth place. Uh, Ninth place. San Jose
1: for me. Austin FC.
0: I have FC Dallas in tenth place or ninth place. Uh, in eighth place. Colorado. Also Colorado. I have San Jose. Uh, All right. So now we're into the very 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 important playoff spots. Dan, 7th place. Uh, 8th, isn't it? No, seven. 7 no, it's 7. Oh, sure. Yeah.
2: Sorry, I lost track. Uh, I got Dallas. Also MJ.
0: Dallas. All right. I have LA Galaxy in uh 7th place. Uh, 6th place. Dan. That's
1: where I have the Galaxy. I also have the Galaxy.
0: I have Colorado in that spot. So,
1: you have Colorado making the playoffs. I do. You do like Robin Frazier.
0: The only one, yeah. Uh, fifth place, Dan.
1: Sporting Kansas City. Seattle.
0: I also have Seattle in that spot. Fourth place, uh, hosting a home playoff game.
1: Seattle. Minnesota
0: United. I have Portland. Wow. Yeah. Third place, Dan, go. Loons. Sporting
1: Kansas City.
0: I also have Sporting Kansas City. Second place, Dan.
1: Go, uh, Portland. Also Portland.
0: The Loons. I have Loons. Finishing second in the Western Conference, buddies. Woo-hoo. No one can ever. No one can ever uh, accuse me of being an anti-loon person.
1: <laughs> ever. Be- based on this alone. Yeah. All right. Well, you are uh, all in on Minnesota uh, United all the way. I. You know what? It's they're making the good. Western Conference Finals again as, as, as a two seed.
0: They're fucking good. I think they're really fucking good. I'm 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 excited about it. Uh, first place. Uh, can uh, just can we all say it at the same time? Yeah. One, two, three. L A F C. Yeah. Yeah. That the LAFC is really fucking good.
2: They are, but if Vela or Rossi get hurt again, they're, they're top heavy. They could pump. they could double.
0: that is true. That's true. All right. This was the, uh, the Western conference preview podcast. Uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, rate and review our podcast always at whatever you get podcasts. Uh, Dave's I know.com, Patreon.com slash The I know, at TDIK, on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Jason Zeller, Dan d Wade, MJ Wade. We We've been the Daves, you know this to is. To try crazy. and work it out, cause we both know we can't do nothing at all. Oh, oh, oh yeah. oh. oh, 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 oh. oh. We do our things, son. Long as you do yours, land here, become free, con. Yeah. Uh, we we yeah. do our things, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our things. Do it. We, we, we do our things, son. Some paint a piece, some spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we do our things, son. Yeah, I, can't I can't it at all.
1: know we can't